Welcome back. This is being recorded and made available on March the 25th in the place of our usual Wednesday evening Bible class time. We're doing two lessons from the book of Ruth. We covered the first two chapters on Sunday, though some may have listened after Sunday. We're going to take up the last two chapters in this session. I'll reset the scene, and then we'll move right into chapters 3 and 4 of the book of Ruth. Please have your Bible open to the book of Ruth while you listen, and let me remind you, since this is a recording, you can pause and discuss with your group, and then you can continue the recording. Let me start with the historical setting After we learn of the Jewish nation entering the promised land under Joshua, the people settle into their tribal locations, and soon after that, moral chaos begins. Well described in the last verse of Judges, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. During that time frame, a man named Elimelech took his family over into Moab after a famine struck. While there, he died and his two sons, leaving three widows, his wife, Naomi, and her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah. Naomi returns to Judah. Ruth is committed to come with her and care for her, and she meets someone in the family a man named Boaz, and that's where we are in the story. So let's continue. We have a lot of reading to do during this session. This is Ruth chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative, with whose young women you were? See, He is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. Let's pause there. This may sound odd to us. It is not the way we we would encourage or set up a marriage. But according to Deuteronomy 25, Naomi is acting as a Jewish widow would to encourage or even arrange a marriage of Ruth to someone in the family. The the rest of this sounds very much like typical advice an older woman would give to her widowed daughter-in-law about wearing nice clothing, courting, etc. And Ruth's response, all that you say I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. We're going to continue reading now at verse 7 in Ruth chapter 3. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. 
At midnight the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, in that you have not gone after young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight, and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then, as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay at his feet until the morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, Bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it, and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How do you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Let's pause there. This shows Naomi's plan was well thought out. It worked. Of particular importance in the narrative is what Boaz said, verses 10 to 13. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he's not willing to redeem you, then, as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. Two or three things about what Boaz said. It is significant Boaz speaks of the Lord, asking that the Lord bless Ruth. And this man, who speaks often of the Lord, is gentle and kind, protective of women in general, and Ruth in particular. He takes on this task of being the Redeemer. Now, let's pause there and consider what that means in their culture, in their time, based on the Mosaic Law in Deuteronomy 25. Ruth should remarry someone in the family who would redeem her from being barren. So in the Mosaic legal role, Boaz marrying Ruth is redemption. He is the Redeemer, but... 
He made another statement that may seem mysterious at first, but has clarity in the text in verse 12. There is a Redeemer nearer than I. Remember, I know this is somewhat complex for us. Remember, this is all about complying with what the law of Moses required in Deuteronomy 25. That's important context. According to the Mosaic requirement in Deuteronomy 25, there was another man closer on the family tree. And Boaz wants to wait for him to respond. Uh, It sounds like that, especially in other translations. In the NIV, for example, verse 12, Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of your family, there is another who is more closely related than I. And verse 13 seems to confirm this. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he's not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. Again, this all seems strange to us in our culture, and there is no such provision under the new covenant of Christ. In that ancient Jewish situation, Boaz is acting with integrity. You may want to pause here and discuss this in your group and maybe read back over some of these passages to be clear about it. This arrangement is is not settled yet at this point in the text, in the narrative, when you arrive at the end of verse 13. It is tentative at this point. There's a waiting period before there's going to be an actual marriage. It may help to read verses 14 through 18 from the NIV. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, no one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, bring me the shawl that you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. So that brings us to the end of chapter 3. I've tried to read back over some of this to help you put all this together. And again, you may want to pause the recording and go back in your group and discuss these things in chapter 3. We're at the end of chapter 3, where Naomi is being provided for, but there is this waiting period There is some suspense in the text. We're going to continue in chapter 4. Ruth chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, Turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men, of the elders of the city, and said, Set down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, 
who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to your relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here, in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know, for there is no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, The day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Then the Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Verse 7. Now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was the manner of attesting in Israel. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and to Malon, also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Malon. I have bought to be my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place. You were witnesses this day. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathah and be renowned in Bethlehem, and may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. Let's pause there. Boaz is not content to just wait for the other man to claim Ruth. He meets with the man and with the elders and the people about the matter. At first, it sounds like the man will make the land purchase that would seal the arrangement for him to marry Ruth. Yet when it comes down to it, the nearer Redeemer states it would jeopardize his own inheritance. This leaves Boaz free to become the family Redeemer and marry Ruth. You may want to pause here and go back and read that in verses 7 through 12. All of this is sounding like there's something here going on far beyond the marriage of Boaz to Ruth after the closer relative declined. This is taking on the sound of something far greater and long-standing. It is taking on the sound of genealogy and some greater plan. So at this point, what this is all about is beginning to emerge. It's becoming clearer that God's providence is at work. God's promise of the Messiah coming 
through a certain genealogical line is becoming very clear. So let's continue now in Ruth chapter 4, verses 13 through 22. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the woman of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadad. Aminadad fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. All the curious turns in the narrative. All the events that seem coincidental, the surprises, the unexpected reactions, the oddity of certain elements of the story, it all comes together now. God is using all of this to raise up the grandparents of King David, and then after King David, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. That's the book of Ruth. After the recording has played, you may want to discuss all of this in your group. Here are some points of thought and discussion. Discuss the good traits of the people in this narrative. Then discuss the mistakes, the sins, the flaws of character. Most important, consider how God was the providential overseer. And how does all this pertain to us today? Consider how God's plan, formed in his mind before the world began, was carried out under his providence to bring into the world our great Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Such power and love on the part of God should enhance our zeal to serve him, obey Christ, seek to lay up treasures in heaven, and preach the gospel to the lost. Thank you for listening. The class scheduled for Sunday, March 29, is the first class from our series in Proverbs, an introductory study that will be based on Proverbs chapter 1. Thank you for listening.